Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining us on the Here We Are talk show, an interactive part of the HereWeAreWithLucy.com family. The basis of our mission is to inspire you, support your personal growth, and make your busy life better, brighter, and easier. If you're interested in living well and saving time, I invite you to come by and subscribe. You will be alerted to new content. It's free, and rest assured, your information is never sold or shared. Plus, we know you're very busy and you prefer quality to quantity, so we don't bug you with constant updates. If you enjoy or learn from our Here We Are guests, Please like it on Facebook, tweet it, or share it with someone it may help. I appreciate each and every click, so thank you very much. It's Wednesday, March 28, 2012, and today's guest is Ivy Larson, published author, health and wellness expert, wife, mother, and one busy lady. She and her husband, Dr. Andrew Larson, have developed the Clean Cuisine Lifestyle, and you can always find Ivy and more information about the entire Clean Cuisine Lifestyle at www.cleancuisineandmore.com. Ivy, I have been so excited to talk to you. Everyone loves to eat, and most of us are always looking for ways to improve our diet. I hope you've come ready with some tips to share with the audience. Yes, absolutely, Lucy, and thank you for having me. I know, you know, today everybody's so busy and we lead such hectic lifestyles, but there's a lot of easy ways to eat clean, and so hopefully that's what we'll cover today. Oh, that would be great because, you know, here we are is all about making everything easier. So before we get to those tips, I'd like, um, I think it's important for the listeners to understand more about how you came to writing the cookbooks and being a health and wellness expert. So would you fill us in on your journey and how the actual clean cuisine lifestyle came about? Sure. You know, I, um, I'm 35 years old now, but in 1998, when I was 22 years old, I was diagnosed with MS or multiple sclerosis. And at the time, uh, I was having very se- severe symptoms. I was actually wearing a catheter. I had a hard time going up the stairs. And the neurologist who diagnosed me suggested that the change in diet and lifestyle modification could help slow the progression of the disease. And he said I was in the early stages of MS, so the earlier I started, the better. And, um, you know, knock on wood, because I always say that MS is not a curable disease, but I have been able to keep the symptoms in remission for over a decade. And I really do attribute that to my change in diet and the anti-inflammatory diet that I follow and, and the one that we promote on cleancuisine.com. So that, okay, so you had this diagnosis, and you realized that you had to change things, obviously, what you just said. And it's, so you you went how how did you decide? Like, what did you start with? Well, I was given three options. I was told I could begin one of the disease-modifying MS medications, but they were contraindicated during pregnancy, which was a big thing for me because I really wanted to get pregnant. I wanted to have a baby. Um, I was also told I could start um, 
a trial drug, which I didn't like the idea of being a guinea pig, or I was given this book uh, called The Swank Diet for MS, and that was it dates back to, oh, in the 40s with a neurologist, Dr. Roy Swank, who has been published in New England Journal of Medicine and Archives of Neurology and um, Lancet, a lot of very, very well-recognized medical journals for his work on diet and MS. And so my husband, Andy Larson, who is now a surgeon but at the time was finishing medical school at the University of Pennsylvania, he had the resources to be able to do the research on this particular diet, and so he found out that not only did the diet have merit and, and that it really did seem to slow the progression of the disease, but that since the 40s there's been a lot of research into nutrition and into an anti-inflammatory diet. And so we kind of used the Swank diet as a, as a springboard, and then we started to incorporate more uh, recent research and, and develop our own anti-inflammatory diet that um, that I've used and that my husband follows, and we've even raised our – we do have a child now, so we've even raised him on this diet because it's a health – you don't need to have MS to benefit from this way of eating. It's an anti-aging, health-promoting, energy-boosting, even a weight loss-promoting or weight management-promoting way of eating. Well, that's a total wellness package. Right. Yes, that's the whole thing. It's definitely, you know, it's not something when we started to research that there's such a thing as a diet just for heart disease or a diet just for cancer or just for MS. It really the same healthy diet that's for one one disease or one or for anti-aging is really the same lifestyle that everybody should be following. So it kind of makes it easy once you grasp that concept. So I love um, when I hear how people take something like this, like you get this diagnosis, which for some people walking around would be devastating, you know, on more than one level. But you turned it around, and you actually worked through developing this. You've used it. You're, you know, it's it's proven to be beneficial to you and worked for you. And now you're sharing it with the world. And I really, I think that's a, a wonderful thing. So thank you for doing that. Now, okay, so you 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 start to develop this diet, and and out of that, obviously, the whole clean cuisine and more uh, lifestyle comes about. And and when what was the point? Just share with us a little bit about what was the point when you realized, wow, we really have something here. Obviously, it had to do with your going into remission, and but when was it that you said we are going to share this with the world? Um, well, you know, uh, I started changing my diet very shortly after, obviously, we learned about the, the Swank diet, and then we started doing more research. Um, my son was born in 2001. I was at home with him, obviously, a lot with a newborn, and that was when I started writing the book. I thought, oh, I'll write this specifically just for people with MS. And then as I started doing more research with my husband, we realized, oh, this is for so many people. And this was when he was in residency, and we actually took the program to a group of people, about 24 people in Red Bank, New Jersey, at the Red Bank Atlantic Club, which is a very prestigious club where Bruce Springsteen worked out and Bon Jovi. And we put these people through a five-week program, and we tested their blood pressure and their cholesterol and their triglycerides and body fat and CRP, which is a measure of inflammation. And at the end of five weeks, every single person saw results. And we also had people who had MS and fibromyalgia and arthritis. And so after that, we took the results to a publisher, and then we published our first book, which was The Gold Coast Cure, in 2005. 
and that book was a bestseller. And then from there, we just sort of sprang off into uh, another a follow-up book, which is the, was the Gold Coast Cure Fitter, Firmer, Faster, and then a Whole Foods Diet Cookbook. And then we recently launched an online um, 30 Eat Clean Dinners menu collection. It's like a 30-day program where people – we give them menus and shopping lists and kind of walk them through mm-hmm. what 30 days of eating clean is all about. And now we have our big, big book coming out with Penguin. Wait, I, want to, I want to stop you there because I want to get to that. I want to get to those books specifically. But oh, before sure. we move on, you mentioned something that um, is, we see a lot of in the press right now, and it's it's inflammation issues. And there, are, you know, a lot you hear all these different. There's, you know, there's so much information. You don't know what to believe, what to look at. what. You know. But inflammation issues. Talk to me about how the clean cuisine uh, lifestyle approaches the inflammation issues that, that everybody seems to be attributing to aging or, you know, joint de- uh, deterioration, things like that. Well, MS is an inflammatory disease, but actually the common denominator between MS and so many other seemingly unrelated diseases, such as arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia, asthma, um, even obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, for example, the common denominator between all these seemingly unrelated conditions is actually inflammation. And the thing is, even aging, when you think about your skin aging, wrinkles and and sagging skin, and and a lot of those conditions that I just mentioned are age-related diseases, diseases we don't often develop until older in life. And the thing is, is that the foods you eat can either be pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. And all anti-inflammatory foods are also anti-aging foods, and they're rich in antioxidants and plant-based phytonutrients. And all age-promoting foods and pro-inflammatory foods are foods that are going to make you feel worse, they're going to accelerate aging, and they're also going to contribute to a lot of these diseases. So you can actually control the level of inflammation. You can actually even have it tested. There's a there's a CRP test that you can have that measures the amount of chronic low-grade inflammation in your body. And by changing the types of foods you eat and adopting what we have on the cleancuisine.com website, you can actually reduce inflammation, feel better, and, and slow aging. Now, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you give me three items that are the anti-inflammation uh, foods that if you're if anybody's walking through the a general supermarket in the United States could say, you know, I'm going to start to bring these home with me. Give me three that are the anti-inflammation, and give me three if you can of what are the pro, so we know what to stay away from. Sure. I mean, all fruits. And all vegetables would be highly, highly anti-inflammatory. Omega-3 fats from fish, so you want to make sure you're getting clean fish, wild fish. Sockeye salmon, for example, is a great source of omega-3s from a clean fish. And also omega-3s from plant foods, such as walnuts or chia seeds or flax seeds. Those are those three foods, well, fruits and vegetables, I kind of lumped them together, so I cheated a little, but I guess you could call but, it produce. But those are, that's easy. That's easy mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah. Fruits. And you can pick what you like. It doesn't have to be any like, oh, fruit, you know, if you, you know, if you don't like bananas, you have to eat a banana. You could find this in fruits. So you're saying the omega three, and I know sockeye salmon. There's a thing about that because that's never uh, farmed, right? It's right. always caught wild. So that's always what to wild. ask for at the fish counter. And then yep. walnuts and, and legumes. Would that be considered legumes part of it? Legumes are great too. Now legumes don't necessarily have um, omega threes, but those are actually also a very great anti-inflammatory food, and they're a good source of vegan protein. Um, 
and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but it is important that when you think about getting protein sources, the lower on the food chain you can go, the less inflammation or the less inflammatory those foods will be because also the less toxins they'll have. So actually legumes are a great anti-inflammatory vegan protein source. But then the omega-3s from flax seeds and walnuts and chia seeds, those are good plant sources of omega-3s. And they're actually a different type of omega-3 than what you get in, in the fish. Hmm. That's very interesting. Now, what about the three, the anti? What are three things that if you're walking up and down those aisles, you need to not put in your cart? The pro-inflammatory foods, well, anything with trans fats. Oh, that's thank by you, the far, pro. Yeah, mm-hmm. pro, pro-inflammatory, anything with trans fats are like the worst, the worst. Um, and luckily those are kind of fading out, but we're talking about anything that has hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oil or fried foods. Uh, also, omega-6 rich vegetable oils. So corn oil and soybean oil and cottonseed oil and pure vegetable oil, those are actually very pro-inflammatory oils. You want to read package labels and you want to make sure you're not buying those oils. And even salad dressings, there's very there's numerous foods that have those omega-6 pro-inflammatory oils. And then the third thing is really refined carbohydrates are actually very pro-inflammatory. So refined flour, refined sugar, and I should say, and it's fourth thing, um, is too many animal-based saturated fats. Those are also mm-hmm. pro-inflammatory. Thank you for that because it really, you know, it's it's good to have some examples. So if somebody, is, you know, listens to the show, knows the clean, clean cuisine lifestyle, it's easy. If you're looking and you pick up a, a, a package of cookies and you go, oh, there's hydrogenate, hydrogenate, hydrogenated. <laughs> Hydrogenated. Thank you, Ivy. Hydrogenated. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Um, right. You know, oil in it, you go, okay, this is this is the pro-inflammatory. you know, inflammatory. I'm going to stay away from this, and I'm going to go over and get some, you know, fruit instead. So that those are nice clarifications. Okay, let's talk a little bit about organic food versus non-organic. Right. I know, well, here- you know, people assume that eating organic is very expensive. Sometimes it is in certain items. But how? Can, what are the things, if, if we have to buy organic, and I mean, I think – Unfortunately, I wish we, everybody could. Um, not unfortunately, but I wish we all could afford it, and everybody could, you know, and we could get rid of all the poisons and things and toxins in our systems. But if everybody is going to be looking to buy a few things that are organic, what are the things they should be looking for? Well, again, it goes back to that food chain. So the higher up on the food chain you go, then the more toxins are going to accumulate. So animal foods are always going to have more toxins than plant-based foods. So you want to try to get more plant-based foods into your diet. And and plant foods also have phytonutrients, and phytonutrients are super important for helping to fight inflammation. So when we talk about plant foods, you want to talk about fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And those foods, you don't necessarily need to get those always organic. If you're eating animal foods, I would say definitely get them organic because they're going to be higher up on the food chain. The less, the lower you go on the food chain for the plant foods, then it kind of comes down to cost and, you know, and what you really logistically or realistically can actually afford to do. Now, there's something with the Environmental Working Group, and they have a free app, and you can go on to ewg.com and look at their Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. And the Dirty Dozen are the 12 most contaminated fruits and vegetables, and then the Clean 15 are the ones that are the, the cleanest, and they have the least toxins and the least pesticides. And so those are the ones, if you can't really afford to go organic 100% of the time, eliminate 
the the dirty dozen and buy those foods organic and then the clean 15 you're like such as um bananas and onions you can get those foods conventionally raised and and that's a good kind of rule of thumb and then for other foods like beans and legumes and nuts and seeds those aren't you, you don't have to worry about those quite as much as you do the animal foods but i really do think it's important to buy organic uh, animal foods and the cleanest animal foods you possibly can Mm, that's very good advice, and and it's you know it's it's all about clarification and just really education and knowing what to obviously making the right choices, which we're all busy and this is I think part of it. And people throw things in their cart and they don't even maybe take time or have the time to to check it out. But this is very you're making this very simple and very easy to follow. All right, now something that came has been I've been reading about it more and more, the BPA canning issues. And I never knew about this until recently because it was in the press. But how can we avoid this issue? I mean, now I go to the supermarket, I look at the cans and I'm like, oh, cans. And you don't know which ones have it and which ones don't. Well, yeah, BPA is definitely an issue. I mean, the vast majority of Americans have measurable amounts of BPA in their bodies. And the most, the where most of the BPA comes from is actually from canned foods. And the thing is, is BPA is an industrial chemical, and it's used to make certain plastics, and it's used to make the plastics that line the cans. And it's actually a toxic endocrine disruptor, and it's now a lot of all a lot of neurologists and and certain uh, doctors who are more interested in alternative medicine are starting to be concerned about the potential for um, it increasing the risk of obesity, uh, certain hormone-sensitive cancers such as prostate cancer and breast cancer, um, even how it affects your brain and, and, and for growing fetuses, so pregnant women need to be concerned. So it's definitely a concern. And the thing is, is it's found, like I said, in, a lot, in many, almost all plastic residue plastic um, bpa lines the cans for uh, for canned food so if you get beans and legumes and those things which are great foods the problem is a lot of the canned foods have the bpa lining but there's actually two companies one is eden foods eden organic foods and they are a bpa free canned food and they sell all sorts of things including soups and and uh, beans and then there's also a um, a brand called Fig Brand, and Fig has soft carton boxes. They're like, um, I don't even know what they're made of, but they're definitely BPA-free, and you can buy your canned beans and canned soups in, in those containers. And another one is Pommy Brand makes a great can, uh, boxed tomato sauce that's also BPA-free. So a lot of times the, the tomatoes, you know, when you get canned tomatoes, mm -hmm. those have the BPA in them. So just making those simple changes. And then you can also check the bottom. Um, any products that contain BPA actually have the number 7 on the bottom or on the recycling label. So if you see the number 7, you can just use that as a guide to avoid those. Oh, and then of course, Ivy, that is about. key. Thank you yes. for that. That yeah, makes it, it so makes simple. It Yes, it does. <laughs> you just pick up the can and you go, okay, number seven, putting it back. Put it back. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that makes it easy. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and knowing just a few key brands makes it easy. Yeah, and and you listed it out, and I will definitely uh, uh, write about that when I do a follow-up article on this interview. Um, in recent weeks, there, there has been a lot of controversy in the media over who's actually writing the cookbook content that celebrities are putting their names on and, you know, and publishing. So let's get this out of the way right now. Who writes your cookbooks? Oh, how funny. Yes, no, I definitely write my own cookbooks. And it is funny because I have written books, um, done recipes for other authors, but I really feel strongly about writing my own recipes because I have a certain philosophy about my cooking, and, and even I want it to be easy to do, and I I wouldn't be able 
just yet to turn my recipe development over to somebody else. Okay, now how do you develop a recipe? How do you test it? Do you have to eat it like 10 times before you know it's right? When is it ready to share, either in a book or, or on your website? How do you know? Um, well, as far as how I develop the recipes, I, I, we eat out a lot. I carry a notebook around for inspiration. Um, for example, we just went to New York for um, for a trip, to, and I went to uh, Candle 79, which is an amazing vegan restaurant on the Upper East Side, and I brought a notebook with me, and I wrote down exactly what I ate, and then I come home, and I try to recreate recipes like that, or I cut magazine recipes out, or, or I look at other authors, their cookbooks, and try to get inspiration from that. And then as far as how I test the recipes, um, you know, it's different each time. I mean, you, sometimes I only have to test it, like if it's a salad dressing, you know, once or twice. Um, if it's a baked item, there's a lot of food chemistry that goes into it, so you have to make sure that everything is measured just so. And I have, um, I actually have help from my mom sometimes helps. I have my um, marketing director or director of marketing for Clean Cuisine. She pitches in and helps. And then um, I have a little, I call them the official taste testers, a few friends and key family members who I can count on to taste them and if they give them thumbs up they're a keeper and thumbs down they go away so i yeah just a variety of things i have fun with it though it's not really i was going to say it sounds like a a fun process like it it is a lot of taste testing and say okay this needs a little more of this or whatever but that does sound fun and thank you for clarifying about um you know the the um, attribution for your recipes uh on okay we earlier when when I mean you have so much to offer and, and earlier you had mentioned that you know you have all these books out already and and you are currently working on a brand new one which is due out next year 2013. How will this new book that isn't out yet but you're working on how will that be different than your other books? Well, the big book that we're publishing that's um, based on the website cleancuisine.com is our website, but Clean Cuisine will be also the name of the book, and that one's coming out with Penguin. And the subtitle, the working subtitle right now, is an eight-week program that will change the way you age, look, and feel. So this one is really focused on the anti-aging component, and and also appearance and how it affects not not just how the food you eat affects your body from the inside, but also your body from the outside and your appearance. And it's different because it has, it's an eight-week program, so each week we walk you through a step-by-step change, and I think that's important because a lot of times it's very overwhelming to have a whole lifestyle plan kind of thrown in front of you, and going step-by-step makes it easier and more seemingly more surmountable. And in addition, as far as the recipes and the actual diet is concerned, it's actually even more anti-inflammatory than our first original Gold Coast Cure. And that's because it's more phytonutrient-rich, it's more plant-forward, and we've pretty much eliminated dairy. And back in 2005, we were still allowing some dairy, a little bit of milk and cheese, and now we've pretty much wiped it out. Occasionally cheese as like a condiment, but it's really um, dairy's the more I've read and researched about dairy, dairy is not good. Now, I love that it's an eight-week program because that's actually, if you started on January 1st, which a lot of people, you know, they start their diets and they have their res- resolution for the new year. But technically, if you re- if you stick to it, by March 1st, you could be done and on a whole new way of life. 
Yeah, and you know, when we've taught these classes before, and when I mentioned the one that we did in Red Bank, the original, the five-week, we called it the Health and Body Makeover Program, and Mm -hmm. since then we've done four-week programs and eight-week programs and six-week programs, and every time when I teach the classes, we lay out, we meet like three times a week, and I lay out a new step for them to try and a new step for them to follow and to adopt into their lifestyle each time we meet, and then by the end of the course, they totally understand, you know, what to buy and what, how to make this and how to make that and how to adopt and how to change their lifestyle. And it just makes it so much easier and something that people really stick with if you learn it in stages rather than kind of just being thrown at it all at once. So that's right. and why we really... Right, and I think the philosophy about learning or changing your habit is you have to do something for at least two weeks, the new habit, So and, and then it has to be uh, uh, reassessed and reevaluated and then, and then used again for the next two weeks. So it, ta- it does take a while for someone. And then listen, you're t- you know, you're talking about learning a whole new, not a whole new way of life, but a better way of life and just sort of letting right. things go. And that sounds really good. Now, now, that comes out next year. But right now, you recently published an online book called called 30 Eat Clean Dinners, which I had the uh, advantage and pleasure to read through. Mm. And I have to tell you, it really is terrific. It's well thought out. The recipes are great. There's a logical uh, set of shopping lists. And I also love that it offers a, a terrific variety of international dishes. So it's not boring at all. Tell us more about this book and these particular recipes. So, well, the clean, the 30 Eat Clean Dinners, now that's available on um, on our website on cleancuisine.com, and you can actually, just for your guests, you can use a discount code or a coupon code called Blog Talk, so they can log in and get that and get a 15% Wonderful. discount. So, Thank you so um, much. Yes, so thank you. And this dinner, the 30 Eat Clean Dinners, is actually designed just sort of like what we were talking about, about the step-by-step process. And so we've put together 30 dinners, and so instead of having people revamp their entire menu for the entire 30 days, we're telling them, just start with dinner. Just revamp and just clean up dinner. And so we give you 30 dinners that are, I have a lot of tips and kind of techniques that I use. For example, meat-free Mondays we do in our house and fish on Fridays. And I always make sure I have lots of vegetables in my meals. And they're very anti-inflammatory, but also nutrient-dense and balanced. And so just by seeing these 30 Eat Clean dinners, you can kind of get a snack snapshot into how I cook on a regular basis. And and these are everyday dinners. They're not they're easy to prepare. They're not, you know, fancy special dinners, special occasion dinners. They're meant to be everyday dinners. Um and we have the shopping list, so that makes it easy. You can and we have a shopping list for two or a shopping list if you're making them for four. So we've kind of tried to organize it and organize it in a way that makes it less stressful for the reader because that's the and, whole And you, point. you did say it was easy, and I have to say, just looking at them, first of all, they all say, I love the cucumber salad. There were just a, a really nice variety of things and something for everybody. It wasn't like it was all just carrots and, you know, uh, right. rabbit food or whatever, in case people <laughs> yeah. are like, oh, okay. It was really stuff that had, seemed like it would be very uh, flavorful. And... um and easy to prepare. It wasn't, you know, people are busy, and this is, and that's part of it. Is if it's, and you've made it easy with the shopping list, so that's really wonderful. And thank you for the for the code, and we will hopefully be using that. Um, you mentioned earlier anti aging benefits. Right. So <laughs> a couple of things. If no, everybody is on the anti aging, you know, kick, and a uh, couple of things to implement into our diets today that can start to help us that that you ascribe to. Well, again, the more plant-rich foods in 
unprocessed, unrefined form that you can get. So unrefined, well, obviously all fruits and all vegetables. I mean, I cannot emphasize enough the fruits and vegetables and even making green smoothies. I mean, that's just part of my daily habit. That's one thing we incorporate into the clean cuisine book that's coming out with Penguin is a green smoothie every day. And that is just, I cannot say enough amazing things about the energy and the nutrients that you're going to get just from adopting this one habit a day. And that, and you can do any greens. I mean, it can be um, kale, it can be cilantro, it can be parsley. And uh, we always tell people to switch up the greens so you're getting a broad spectrum of nutrients. And then we add frozen fruits, um, any kind of frozen fruit. You can do pineapple or mango or um, strawberries. And then ginger, a lot of times I put ginger in because ginger is very anti-inflammatory but also has anti-aging component. And then water, and you just blend up this green smoothie. You eat that every day, throw in some either chia seeds or flax seeds for those plant-based omega-3s, and that is a super anti-aging food. And if you could just add that one habit to your daily diet, I mean, that's a great way just to kind of clean up your diet and kind of get jumpstart the whole clean eating process. The other thing that's really important is, you know, adding more omega-3s from fish, but you want to make sure they're clean fish. And the sockeye salmon I keep mentioning because that's an economical way to get it. Um, Another thing is by eating uh, more whole grains, unrefined whole grains. So even with bread, you want to really kind of steer away from breads that are made with flour and actually move towards sprouted whole grain bread. So sprouted whole grain bread isn't even going to be sold in the bread aisle. You actually find it only in the frozen section. But sprouted whole grain bread is made with, it's not made with flour, it's actually made with sprouted whole grains. And when you sprout foods, you actually release all the vital nutrients that are stored within them, and the more nutrients you get, then the more anti-inflammatory and anti-aging it's going to be. So I think one of the important, like, kind of underlying messages of, of our whole of clean cuisine and, and the books and everything is to really make your food count nutritionally because the more nutrients that you can get in mm-hmm. to your body, then the more anti-aging and the more anti-inflammatory. And not necessarily the more calories, but the more nutrients. And the interesting thing is most of the nutrient-dense foods are actually calorie poor. So by focusing on nutrient-dense foods, that's a very important anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, um, w- you know, way of eating. Mm-hmm. Ivy, I just want to say uh, for any live les- listeners we have right now, we are going to go a few minutes over, so the stream will stop in about 30 seconds, but we will continue to record so the, uh, you can hear the end of the show on the download or the replay on Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for listening live. Uh, okay. Now, you were talking about calories just now, and one of the things, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you cover this, and you know you can clarify for me but and for the listeners, does what about calorie suppression? And I'm not talking about dieting per se. I'm talking about really looking at what you're eating and not overeating because they're, they're the philosophy about your body working more optimally when it's not trying to always break down food. Do you ascribe to that? Um, I do and I don't. I mean, I, I do believe that eating more, obviously, when you eat more plant-based foods, they're going to be easier to digest. I mean, one of the big things is we always say almost like going vegan till dinner time. That's kind of an easy way of, if you eat more all if you eat only plant-based foods up until dinner, you're kind of giving your body and your digestive system a chance to rest. And then you eat a small, moderate portion of animal foods, you know, with your dinner. So that's one way of kind of giving your body a rest. But the thing is, is that the people who are subscribing to the, I think it's 30%, they say reduced calorie intake for the purposes of promoting longevity. The thing is, is that sometimes, 
you look at those people and they don't really have a healthy glow or a healthy look and they don't really have energy. And I think if you are con- if you're purposefully reducing your calorie intake to the point where your hair isn't looking good and you're not really able to exercise and you don't have energy, I, I don't I just can't believe that that's going to be something that's going to promote life or promote longevity and 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 even help protect against disease instead i instead of worrying so much about the calories um because we don't we do not recommend that people count calories for several reasons but one of the reasons is that people notoriously don't accurately count calories and then as soon as they start trying to count calories then they feel deprived and they're not making the right food choices because like those hundred calorie snack packs for example are, are terrible they're like the worst food ever and then people get too focused on calories and not focused on nutrients so i would much prefer to tell people to focus more on the nutritional components. And when you're eating unrefined, plant, primarily plant-based foods in their natural state, not processed, not in, turned into flour, not sugar, because those foods are natural, but they're not necessarily in their natural state, then you're not going to really be able to overeat calories. Your stomach's going to feel too full to, to overeat, and you're naturally going to end up losing weight and, and being at a healthy weight, but not at an undernourished weight, if that makes right, sense. Right, that's very good advice. And I, and I agree with about the counting calories. I think it just becomes about the number, and then you forget yes. really what you're doing. So right. now, okay, we, you know, um, we talked about, well, geez, so much stuff. As I mentioned earlier during the introduction, you are a very busy woman, obviously, and, you know, you obviously really know your stuff. And I like to find out from each Here We Are guest, um, you know, how do you approach time in and of itself? Like, everyone's so busy in our society. Like, and you want to get things done that matter to you and do them well and your family and work and fitness. And I know that the, your whole lifestyle program does have a fitness component to it. So tell us a little bit about how you, Ivy Larson, implement all of this and then, you know, live your life well and, and approach everything and, and keep going. Because I, I like to learn from other people, and I know my listeners do too. Oh, well, I'm, yes, definitely time conscious. I mean, I always say time is a thief. So you have to make sure that you budget your time. And one thing that helps me is I have a planner, and I know everybody, a lot of people do things electronically these days, but I have a a planner, and every night before I go to bed, I write down the next day, kind of put into three columns, like the absolute I must, must do, what is super important to me, uh, and then the second category, which is what I want to do, and then the third category is, you know, free time. And I really just try to budget my time and make sure, for example, you know, three or four days a week I, I work out. So I make sure that I work out first thing in the morning and I don't answer the phone, and, and I work primarily from home. So it can be very distracting because, you know, the neighbor wants to come by or people think you're not doing anything or the phone rings, the cell phone rings, and, and I just, you know, make sure that I have blocks of time allotted to, you know, answering emails or blocks of time for even answering texts because it's amazing how much time can slip away from you if you're being texted every five minutes and then you're, you know, little blocks of time like that are kind of slip away from you and interrupt whatever your daily focus is. So I I just, and I'm always fighting to stay focused because I'm not necessarily the best at it, but these are just little tips that kind of work for me. I mean, I like those, and I like that you do it at night. I I tend to do my schedule in the morning, but I, I, I'm going to rethink that and maybe start to do it at night because I think you put it away then, and you yeah. sleep and you get up and you sort of know where you're, where you're going where as you're soon going. as your feet hit the ground. Right, and, yeah. And I know it sounds to me, and, and this is a big thing. We, we talk about this in, in variations on Here We Are about the word no. 
saying no to things, and I like what you're saying is that you you know you when you're exercising, you don't answer the phone, you're not texting, you're not being distracted, and in a way that is a form of saying no to other things yes. because you're worried about taking care of yourself. Yes, oh, you have to. I mean, I'm a mom. I mean, I know for a fact you have to take care of yourselves. The moms who let themselves go and who don't focus on themselves, their family ultimately end up suffering. I mean, you ha- if you're a mom, you have to make yourself a priority. I mean, you have to take time for fitness, and you have to take time to, to relax and to get a massage and, and do something that makes you feel good. Go get your hair done. Go get your nails done. I mean, I, I do say no. I'm, I do a lot for my family. I do a lot for my friends, for the community, for our readers, And but then I definitely, definitely do not feel guilty about taking time for myself. I, I don't. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that so honestly, because I think this is a, a trap a lot of women fall into, and in that we keep saying yes and yes and yes, and then before you know it, you become depleted, and then yes, it's hard to even right. get back to sort of knowing who you were or who you are anymore. And and so that's good. And I like I like I'm thank you for sharing that because I do think yeah. that we all learn from each other, and uh, and it is very important to say no. And and you know, it's sometimes it's hard for some women to to get to that point. But if if mom or the the woman of the house is not happy, no one's happy. No one's happy. <laughs> That's very that's true. Very true. So that's very true. That resonates with any <laughs> listeners. I hope it yeah. does. Um, yeah. Okay, we we've gone a little bit over, and I've loved every minute of this. So let's just. Uh, is there anything uh, in the next minute or two that you know you can offer that we we either missed or that you definitely have you know feel that that the listeners should know or you want to add? Go go right ahead, please. Oh well, I can't think of anything we really missed. I know that anybody who wants to connect with me, we have a lot of resources online at cleancuisine.com. We've got more home workout videos and nutrition and over 200 Clean Cuisine recipes. And then, of course, that 30 Eat Clean dinners with the promotional or the discount code for your readers, which was blog talk. So that is right. something that and, – and you can connect with me. And if you have any questions, we're on Facebook. And I think you said you're writing an article, so I can always follow up. And if anybody has questions, kind of com- – I don't know, comment in the bottom mm-hmm. of your article and connect that Absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. And I appreciate all that. So this is this has been wonderful. Listeners, uh, to learn more, like uh, Ivy just said, you can go to cleancuisineandmore.com, and you can, you know – Connect with her there. She has all of her links. There are, like she said, videos, recipes, and 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 no pun intended, but you can get a real taste by you know trying out some of the recipes. And there's links to all of the books, including the latest online book, Thirty E Clean Dinners. So and again, there's the code called Blog Talk. So be sure you utilize that. Um, Ivy, thank you so much. I just love how simple your approach is to eating and living well. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, I understand that every minute counts, and we hope our radio shows and lifestyle information at herewearewithlucy.com help to make your life better, brighter, and easier. No matter the topic of the radio shows or articles, we want you to come away with valuable information that you can implement into your busy life. Because here we are together on this journey. Let's live it well. I'm Lucy Weston, and I thank you so much for joining me on the Here We Are Talk Show.